I've been asking myself a lot this past month, I guess, uh, really the question, where do we go from here? What, what is ahead in the new year? And um, truthfully, I can't tell you. I can't tell you what tomorrow brings. If I predicted the future two years ago, you probably would be laughing at me today going, ah, you got a few things wrong there, Matt. Um, But I can tell you something. I can tell you and myself something that we need to hear, something that we need to remember in the coming days. And that is that the Lord is with his people. We've been remembering that even in our memory verse that we just looked at, John 1.14. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We celebrated the joy of Emmanuel, that Jesus came, that he is God with us. And, and this hope, God with his people, has been the hope of every generation that seeks God. It's not that long ago we were going through the book of Exodus, and the people of Israel, God's chosen people, were preparing. They had gone through Uh, the wilderness, and as they prepared to enter the promised land, this is what Moses said to them in Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 8. He said, it is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. And you know, can imagine them there as they're contemplating going into the promised land, knowing that they're going to have to fight some battles. And yet, they could recall to mind how all the way God had led them through the wilderness, day and night with cloud and with fire. He went before them, and he was behind them as well, protecting them. And here God says through Moses as they're about to enter the promised land that he will continue to go before them all the way. He will never leave. So as we look ahead to a new year, we also look behind and we remember and recall the Lord's faithfulness and his care and his provision. And we look forward knowing that that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same God. And so I think it's fitting for us as we look to the year ahead to consider for a few moments Jesus' final word to his disciples before he left this earth. Gave them a calling in Matthew chapter 28 to go and make disciples. They were to teach them and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So he gave them a calling. But even more than that, he left 
his disciples with a reminder of who he is. I want to focus on, there's many things we could remember about God and recall to mind, but I want to focus on three things about Emmanuel from Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20. Now, the first thing goes with what we were talking about from Exodus is his constant presence. His constant presence. In the words of Jesus in Matthew 28, verse 20, Behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You know, the psalmist wrote in Psalm 46, The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And he repeats it. He says again, The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Just think about that. The constant presence of God with his people. How does that change the way that we approach hard things? The way that we look at a future that is uncertain. I'm not speaking of ultimately, but tomorrow. When we don't know what may come. How does this help you when you face a temptation to know that your God is with you? To know that he sees you at your worst, your starters? To know that he's able to help you in those moments of weakness? To know that he's an advocate should you falter again as John reminds us in 1 John chapter 2. It's comforting. It is. It's comforting to know that God is with us and that as he said in Deuteronomy, he won't leave us, right? We have this idea very often in our minds that, well, he's with me maybe now or he was with me yesterday, but I don't know if he's here in this moment or is he going to be there tomorrow when things take a turn for the worse? We can play up the worst scenarios in our minds. But even if that were so, what hope does it bring you to know that God is with you and he will be with you, whatever comes? Jesus left his disciples with this encouragement. Though he was leaving in one sense, he is with his people. He continues to be with his people today. He's given us his spirit. 
That's not the only thing that Jesus reminds us of, though, in Matthew 28. One of the first things that he says is all authority. The very first thing he says there at the end is that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Not some, not most most power, most authority, but all authority. In Colossians, we read that he is the, the creator of everything, creator of every power and every authority, and this God is the head of the church. Not only do we know the presence of God with us, we have the power of God. Jesus has all authority in heaven and on earth. The Apostle Paul describes the power of God this way. He describes it as the immeasurable greatness of his power. And this power is directed towards those who believe. Those who trust in Christ can know the power of God in your lives and in your future, your tomorrow. God's power is so great that he raised Jesus from the dead and placed him, the scripture tells us, above every rule and authority, and power, and dominion. Another thing the Apostle Paul reminds us of is that we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. With Jesus, the highest authority as our King and Savior, we are secure in the power of God. How does that in, embolden you? How does that encourage you as you look to the year ahead? The God that goes with us, the God who is with us, has all authority over all things. We can know the presence of God and the power of God as believers. We also have the word of God. Right in the middle of Matthew 28, Jesus is giving this commission to his disciples he says, go and make disciples, and he, and he gives them a way, a means of doing this. How do we make disciples? How do we grow? He says, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. On one hand, we could look at this as the task, the calling, and it is our calling. 
But on the other hand, we need to see the provision that's provided here. We're given God's word. Jesus may be in heaven, but his word is with us. He is with us by his spirit in his word so that we might know him and we might encourage each other in the year ahead so that we might share about him to our neighbors and live like him. We have his sure, true word. And so we're not left alone today. We have the presence of God, the power of God, and the word of God. The psalmist writes about the word of God in Psalm 12, verse 6, says the the words of the Lord are pure words. They're not tainted by lies or, or, or evil of any kind. They're pure. Like silver refined in a furnace, purified seven times. Again, we can count on them. They're the purest words, the most valuable words. But the psalmist also wants to tell us something about God. He says, you, O Lord, will keep them. Words can sound pretty and and pure and nice, but they mean nothing if the one who says those words is not willing to do them. God is a faithful God. That is something we see as we think about his abiding presence. That is something that we see as we think about his word, that he's faithful to keep them. He says, you will guard us from this generation and forever. Now in that psalm, Psalm 12, the psalmist is not looking at a perfect, nice world. He's looking at a world and he's talking about and thinking about evil and suffering. He sees injustice taking place and he remembers that we can trust God's words. Do you find that you can Trust God's words more than anything. That they are true. That they are sure. That they're pure words. Well, there's one one sure way to tell that. And that's whether we go to God's word. Whether we go to it when we're in trouble, to remember it, to, to think about it. Where we go to it and thank God and remember his faithfulness when things are well. When you find yourself in trouble, where do you turn? Do you find yourself taking stock of your own resources? I got this much money in the bank and and, um, I'm good at this. I can do this. We can make this work. Or do you find yourself appealing to God's abundant store of grace? 
when we have the Lord, the Lord of all authority, the Lord whose word is faithful, the Lord who's always there for his people. These aren't things to take lightly when we come to the year ahead. Scripture testifies that we have everything we need in his word. Everything we need to be the people that he calls us to be. Day after day, we can open God's word and be reminded that God is, is with me. God is with us. And in doing that, as we remember this God, we not only remember that he's with us, we can remember that he's completely able, his power, his authority, and we can remember his faithfulness to keep his word so that we can count on the picture of God that we have in his word. We can count on the promises that he gives us in his word because he's faithful. I'm reminded of the psalmist's description of God's word in Psalm 119. I think it's verse 105 where he says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And you know, as it's the end of the year, I, I really would like to offer an end of the year or a New Year's challenge to us to really think about how will I remember the Lord this coming year? How will I recall both his past faithfulness, his present faithfulness, what he's doing in my life today, and trust in that God for the future? How will God's word light your path and remind you of who he is? This God who is always present, always able, and always faithful. And I'm, I'm about as serious as I can be when I, when I encourage you to do these things and to take that time to think of these things because it takes commitment. Nobody opens up this word and is faithful to remember the Lord day in and day out. If we don't know Christ, if we don't love him with our heart, soul, mind, and strength, it's not an easy thing to follow Jesus but it is the best thing ever because of who he is. We can never graduate from knowing him. There's always more, more of his love, more of his power, more of his goodness. We, we just so desperately need him. So let's give everything to know him. And I wanted to close with a couple of suggestions. If you're like, how will I remember God? How will I remember his word? I don't know what habits you have. 
for daily Bible reading and prayer. But I'll be honest, one meal a week won't do you very good. One meal a week for regular food and drink won't do you very well. And it's the same with God's word. And so my encouragement is that you would think about your daily uh, habits of Bible reading, prayer, talking with God. Maybe you've got one. Maybe you don't. If you don't, um, I want to encourage you. It helps to have a plan so that we can be consistent. Now, I'm not saying you have to have a sheet of paper and you got to check it off every week or something. That can be very helpful. I'm the kind of person who likes a list. I'm like, oh, I feel so accomplished. I checked it off. It's not about checking it off. It's about knowing God. It's about encountering him in his word. But if a list is will help you, I have a whole folder of Bible reading plans here. There's a bazillion on the internet, or you can get an app that will help you. We don't really have excuses for not having resources. I'll tell you that. Um, and I would encourage you to, to go public with your intentions to God, to commit, to say, you know what, this is my plan. Maybe it's just for, for the week. You're like, I'm going to read this book of the Bible this week. Just to commit to it before God. And let your yes be yes. Don't shoot for the moon and go, I'm going to read, I don't know, the Bible twice in a year. <laughs> Sounds kind of crazy. But, but be, be able to commit to something. Maybe not just take it public to the Lord, but take it public to someone else. Say, hey, I've decided I'm going to try and do this. I'm going to try and read the New Testament in a year. Or I'm going to read a chapter a day in the Bible. When we, we make it public, we can be encouraged in that. There's no pressure to say that we're not going to fail. I can tell you right now that I have failed to read my Bible at least once this year. <laughs> More than that. I don't know how many. I, don't, I try to not keep count of all my failures and tr remember the Lord's grace in my life. But there are days that we, we know we fail. We don't look to Jesus. We don't trust in Jesus. But... To make that commitment and to start small and dig deeper, to chew on it, to think about it. That's why I love our memory verse that we do, because it's one verse for a whole month. That's 30 days to read one verse. If you just started there and you're like, I'm going to commit to actually memorize this and, and think about it every day, you'll be better off than reading a hundred chapters in a month and remembering none of it. So start with something and stick with it. And know that I think there's brothers and sisters here that are certainly willing to help. I know I am if you don't know where to start. But I just want to encourage you with
This is not the end. We've got another day to live right now, today. And God is with us. His presence, His power, and His word. 